Hey everybody, welcome back to the Car Tech Garage and this week's To Drive or Not to Drive, the cars we love and the cars we don't. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the best and worst Ford models. Ford's oh, top three man. and the you, bottom you, three. You just said a statement that can <laughs> that can go a bunch of ways. Ford's, I know. That you're going to have a lot of people that are going to say, oh, anything with a Ford logo on it's terrible. But these are the picks of our best four models and on paper, most right. reliable. I'll show you who to contact. <laughs> um, here's the address at me, at me. Okay. Four top three most reliable vehicles. Number one, I have one that is pretty obvious that you still see a ton of on the road and everybody might laugh at this one, but it is the third and fourth generation Ford Taurus. Yeah. With the three liter V6, either one, the overhead valve or the dual overhead cam. If you have the dual overhead cam Yamaha engine, then that thing is it's, a, it is. it's a, it's, and you're saying this is one of the most reliable. It is. Okay. okay. It is. Now don't get me wrong. There are so many of them on the road and you've seen so many different yes. common failures with them, certain oil well, leaks and things like that. But how often have you seen one leave somebody stranded, even when it's in really rough shape? I mean, I can attest that there have been quite a few, I mean, numerous accounts that I have looked at these vehicles mm -hmm. and at the point where I'm just looking in the mirror going, how is this physically on the road? Like how, how is this still move, starting, stopping and driving? Like, I, I don't understand it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, now you're getting me. It, it is one of the more reliable ones in that case. Of course, they break all the time, but they just keep on kicking. That's the thing. They'll make a lot of noise and like, you'll have to fix stuff here and there, but they just won't die. They won't. They won't. It's incredible. I mean, I've seen them come in with no oil, with almost no transmission fluid. You just fill the fluids up and off it drives. <laughs> I've seen them overheat for 30 miles and you throw some coolant in them and they're fine. Guys, people drive them home. Now, I always thought they looked like a, like a fish, like a bass or yeah. something. Now, like a catfish. That's yeah, the, exactly. the newer generation exactly. looks now, like a catfish. Chief designer uh, Jack Telnack actually said to him, they looked like a pair of slippers. <laughs> Really? Yeah. A pair of slippers. You look at him, you're like, I can see that. I, a pair of slippers. That's, that's, that wouldn't be the first thing that would come to mind. I can definitely say that. A pair of no, slippers. For, for me, it's I'll always been like at, a fish. I'll look at one again. Yeah. And that also includes the Mercury Sable, of course, and whatever. Um, but it is in the to-drive category, although they do kind of rust out, and some have been Springs on the road break. forever. <laughs> we'll you know, the but somehow or another, these things keep pulling into the shop. And I don't understand how. I mean, these things are, are getting close to, you know, 20 years old and people are still driving around. Yep. Yeah, they are. I know we've got a guy at the shop that that's his daily driver. He just he, exactly. He's got like 300,000 miles on it and he's had it forever. And, and the only reason that he hasn't gotten rid of it is because it's the one car that he doesn't really have to fix. He can just let things break <laughs> on it and it still gets him to work every day. Yeah. He's like, you know, I only got a couple mile trip into work. You know, he drove that thing to West Virginia the other weekend. Did he really? He did. He drove it all the way to West Virginia so they could go out West. Okay. Dude, and I totally retract the statement. It is definitely the most <laughs> reliable. Amazing. <laughs> all right. The next one up, a long lineage of rugged truck, the quintessential truck. The yeah. Ford F-150. Now, particularly the straight six model made from 1965 to 1966, the 300 cubic inch 4.9 liter inline six. Yes, it gets nine miles a gallon, <laughs> but 
you can't kill it. It refuses to quit. It makes a ton of torque. It's mm-hmm. super smooth running. It doesn't really consume much oil, even at 300,000 miles. The bottom rotating assemblies are just stout. They're built. I mean, you could you could build them, and they would still probably do very well. They did, in fact, because this engine, modified version of this engine, um, one of them has won the Baja 1000 three oh, times. Really? Okay. Three times. And not only that, it didn't just come in the F-150s. It also came in tractors. It also powers ski lifts, irrigation pumps, generators. <laughs> <laughs> so not only cars, <laughs> is it reliable or trucks? Exactly. It's they actually elsewhere. made it as an okay. agricultural engine and basically just a workhorse. I'm surprised more more uh, marketing doesn't sell it that way. You know, like, hey, you know, this engine, this Ford, let's say, for instance, a brand new one, you know, this Ford not only rules the road, but it also rules the field. You know, it can like, plow so, your field. You know, something like, I would it buy that truck. It can power your car. I'd buy it. I'd buy it. It can pump your well water. <laughs> and it can get you to school. Exactly. <laughs> but yes, the 4.9 liter straight six, they, they had a, a smaller version of it too, like a 240, I think. But the 300 cubic inch is a beast. I was fortunate enough to drive an F-150 with this inline six in for six months in high school really? before I traded it. And it was just a, a, a good old five speed truck. Yeah. Nothing and nice. It was probably, it, it had just, so it much torque. It, it, it almost didn't matter what gear you're in. You really felt no difference. It was the same amount of thrust, no matter the engine <laughs> RPM. So you're like, Oh, just mosey along. But it, it was, it was a beast. All right. So the next one up, the crown Victoria, the auction car King. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I, yep. I would say in the last recent years, you know, thank you to a, a famous YouTuber. Uh, as they, a lot of people are saying nowadays, because he did, um, it's Cletus McFarlane, yeah, he did yeah. his race. So I think he's trying people. to demolish all of them off of the planet. And, and he's doing a really good job. <laughs> yes, he is. I could definitely attest to that. But this is one of those cars, like, I've always wanted to get one from an auction. You know, it's it's not the nicest. It's yep. not anything special, but. it. it I, I disagree with something special. I mean, I mean where else can you? Where else do you get four doors, V eight, rear wheel drive, halfway decent looks, tons of trunk space, the utmost of reliability? And how many stories? Is there another car in history that you've heard of that have more stories of I bought this for five hundred dollars? It has three hundred thousand miles <laughs> okay. on it. I've been driving it for ten more years after you've, that. <laughs> you've sold me on it. Now. This might be the most common half a million mile car in the world. I bet if we actually stack up numbers, I bet there are more half a million mile Crown Victorias than any other car in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I would actually be willing to bet on that. Uh, apart from semi, like apart from transit vehicles, I wouldn't doubt if the Crown Vic takes that crown. So that's always been one of those. I would love to just have one for, for no reason at all. I just want one. Yeah. You know, just a beat. I mean, it, and not only that, like it's, it, it'll do a burnout. <laughs> it has a Four V8. Doors. And although, yeah, it's, it's not the Take best V8, vacation. but, but if we can also make a quick side note to the Mercury Marauder, oh, the 5.4, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Crown Victoria Interceptor. I mean, obviously we know that they're all, you know, retired police vehicles that everybody gets for penny on the dollars at the auction. But that is what makes them great is the accessibility. That is true. It's almost like it is the modern day Ford Model T, which I think also deserves an honorable wow. mention as the most reliable Fords ever because <laughs> they made it for so long and their simplicity really was the root of their reliability. A very similar situation with the crown victoria and i think honestly when when talking about the model t and just the simplicity that all three cars on this list follow that very very well you know the Mm -hmm. the taurus very simple car they they didn't offer a lot of crazy options with them just bare bones simple 
Um, same with F-150s. You know, obviously nowadays you can get them with heated seats and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. But back then it was just bare bones necessities yep. and that was it. Exactly. Something you could hose the back seat out with. Yeah, exactly. Because the perp might have <laughs> urinated in it. <laughs> There's, oh yeah, I bought it for 500 bucks, took the cages off the window. It still had the shotgun in the back though. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. All right. And I think we're going to move on. So we've talked about Ford's three most reliable vehicles in our opinion. Now we have. And I do want to make a statement for anybody that listens to us. We are what you call equal opportunity haters. Um, so we, <laughs> we kind of hate all vehicles equally in that case. Um, obviously, we have our personal preferences. But I do want to state that because I know there's a lot of Chevy guys, Ford guys, Dodge guys, you know, Japanese kind of those imports. Where It's all garbage. We're, we, we basically think all of it's terrible. So It's all garbage. You know, very, Just very few cars were built, there. no expense spared. So the <laughs> corners are cut everywhere. You're equal opportunity haters. The first one up on our list of Ford's three least reliable vehicles ever built, the obvious one, the Ford Pinto. Yes, indeed. The Ford Pinto rushed into production. Um, Many, many corners cut, speaking of that. Basically needed to come out into an emerging 1970s fuel economy crash market with a car that was going to be up to the task. And they just shoehorned this thing into the market and... Speaking of shoehorn, they also shoehorned the fuel tank in between the rear bumper and the frame of the car. So Makes sense. Uh, using the fuel tank as the rear bumper was a little bit frowned upon. So they just figured they'd put one step back. I mean, if you think about it, you know, it's kind of an extra barrier, you know, when, when you're getting hit from the rear. Minus the fact that it's a flammable, you know, substance. It, yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of, you know, it makes a little bit of sense. You're driving a hand <laughs> grenade to work. <laughs> and the pin is a truck hitting you from you know the what? rear. You know, over 27 people died. 27 confirmed deaths were in the case. Jeez, from fire. I feel like if we if they did that nowadays, people would be a lot less inclined to uh, tailgate. <laughs> <laughs> Caution, yeah. fuel tank is right here. I was going to say, you might be a defensive driver, but if you drive a Pinto, don't brake check anybody. It's going to end badly for you. And also, if you drive a Ford Mustang too, which is the same car, let's make no mistake here. It is a Ford Pinto. And if you guys want to argue, then just swap the bumpers and then cry yourself to sleep. So... <laughs> That's a terrible car. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, the Ford Pinto, number one Ford flop of all time, in my opinion. The second one up, the third generation Ford Focus, unfortunately a car that many of you are driving. Now, I will say the whole car is actually not bad, but there's one fatal flaw. And that fatal flaw is a pretty important component. It's called the transmission. Mm-hmm. And they almost always go out. The average lifespan for one of these transmissions, um, I think for the 2016 model year, was 37,000 miles. Jeez, I mean. So we have a bunch of these at, at our shop. And I probably shouldn't say this because, you know, it's going to make the shop look bad for the loaner cars we give out or Ford look bad because they, they built a car that has a junk transmission. The fact of the matter <laughs> is we've had a lot of old loaner cars over the years mm-hmm. and I've never actually had one of the older ones leave them, leave anybody stranded. The old no. Cadillac we had, you'd have to top off coolant because it ate a little bit. Yeah. The head gaskets and leak. <laughs> the Lexus ran for a long time. The older Lexus, somebody else is even still driving it after we sold it. The, the Camry still running. The Acura is still running. All those have never actually left somebody stranded. The brand new Ford Focuses mm-hmm. that we bought, the 2016 and 2018 have left three of my customers 
customers stranded in the middle of the road. One was stuck in the Chick-fil-A drive-thru. One was stuck on <laughs> Beachmont Avenue. And the other one, the other one got stuck in traffic on 275. And, and, and our thought process, and you know, brand these, new car. All of these had, well, one of them had 8,000 miles on it. The other, I think like a 10 or 11. And then the other one was at 27,000 miles of 2016. I remember it specifically. Yeah. And at the time, you know, giving out loaner vehicles that are brand new cars, you would think, you know, and that was kind of our, our mindset there. All it's, transmission. We're not going to have a problem with them. All you know, transmission they're going to be reliable. <laughs> All transmission related. There we go. <laughs> yes. One had a failed TCM. The other two, the transmission just gone. And, and I think we put, we have quite a few of them. We put, they've, well, Ford has, has mm-hmm. put, I think, two transmissions in one of them. Yeah. Um, they've all, all they've of them all, had all been some back. sort of transmission work. We've so we got, can, what, 10 in the company and all but, well, I guess because we've got a couple more. Mm-hmm. 10 in the company, all but two have been back. And now we switched up yeah. to a Hyundai because we're just done with it. <laughs> That's what I have one for there. And I know, drive try try to keep the sales to an American manufacturer. Now, again, I know that's that's a slippery slope because I would still totally spend my money on a Suburban or mm. you know some of the large vehicle offerings, but a Ford Focus is just not it. And part of me is kind of happy they're getting rid of it. However, the transmission designs are still pretty similar and I'm anticipating more Same bad issue. news. I would hope that they would, after digging through their pockets to, to reimburse people for all this transmission work that has yeah. to be done, that they would ideally think of and something else. speaking of building a car on the cheap, the next one on the list is a product <laughs> of the same issue. Oh, no. The Ford Tempo. Do you guys remember Ford Tempo? Briefly. Yeah. Briefly. It was, you, you younger guys probably have never even seen a Ford Tempo because they're all piles of, of oxidation and rust now. Yeah, they're no longer existing. Yeah, they're, they're, they're gone. somewhere in the ground. Um, you know, the only thing that's going to hold up is, you know, whatever plastic was in them. But, oh, yeah. Which was a lot. Now, the Ford Tempo looked good on paper, sold almost a half a million units in 1984 when it came out. Um, most rusted out completely shortly after that. But it was another example of Ford having rushed into production when faced with potential bankruptcy and the outcome was destined for failure. They had so many problems. As soon as these things came out, mounting points in the shock absorbers would break off. They had tons of coolant leak issues. I mean, it was a plethora of problems, all sorts of electrical issues. And I mean, the cars would literally roll down the road and just fall apart. I love, I love, I looked it up on Google just to see a picture to remind myself. This is what I thought it was. <laughs> the shoebox. Yeah. And yeah. one of the, I think it's like the second or third most hits on Ford Tempo on Google is, was the Ford Tempo a good car? <laughs> And it, literally, this is off of Google directly. The Ford Tempo is a mediocre economy car. That is just the first broad it statement. Mediocre. Economy. So if you, that's the first thing you search. That on was Google. obviously written by an optimist. Yeah, it tends to understeer around corners often. It has zero power and is very slow. The interior is bland with grays and grays. Oh, grays or grays. You yeah. have a light gray yeah. or a dark gray. Yeah. And that was literally you look up the first first head on Google. That's what you get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that tells you anything. Well, they actually came out with navigation. It was the first car to ever have navigation in the Ford Tempo so you could find the nearby repair shop. That's, <laughs> That's a joke. Smart. It's actually not the first car with navigation, but still. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It had a repair shop find, locator. We need yeah. to find the car with the first navigation in it because um, I'm sure it was true. Oh, I can't remember. I, th- I forget. I want to say it's a, a version of a Mercedes. Like you've asked this like trivia Mercedes. question. Yeah, I'll I'm have to, sure I'll have to it look is. it back up. Anyway, those are our top three and bottom three Ford vehicles that have been produced, the best and the worst. Let us know if you guys have any disagreements. 
again, at me. Um, or you have honorable <laughs> mentions. <laughs> yeah, honorable mentions as well. That's also welcome. But thanks so much, guys, for listening to the Car Tech Garage. Don't forget to like and subscribe our podcast, and uh, we'll yeah. be back soon. Yeah, we will. Next nice week, we, we're back from our hiatus. We are ready to rock and roll and excited for the new year. Bye. <laughs>